After what I called the best win of the Drinkwitz era this past Saturday, you know if I'm leading with Missouri recruiting news, it's got to be a big deal. So let's talk about Ryan Wingo and all the news surrounding him coming up right now on Locked on Mizzou. You are Locked on Mizzou, your daily podcast on the Missouri Tigers, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Hail you true sons and daughters, I'm John Miller, your Mizzou mafioso and the central scrutinizer of Missouri Tigers football and basketball. And just as a quick reminder, download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code LOCKEDONCOLLEGE for $20 off your first ticket purchase. And as I said, you know it's got to be a big deal. If I'm leading with Mizzou recruiting information here on a Monday, well, all the tea leaves around, it's not just future casts, although I've talked a lot about future casts for those of you, the the uninitiated out there over at Rivals.com. Well, their recruiting analysts do a lot of future casts, predictions about where young men are going to go play college football and basketball. And for the most part, those are pretty accurate predictions. And indeed, when somebody from Texas, which has been, the Longhorns have been, I think, Missouri's biggest competitor before Ryan Wingo's services here the last few months or so, when one of those guys flips his his prediction, that means a lot. And I think even more importantly, well, the Longhorns also recently offered another wide receiver here over the last few days, and it sure seems like the writing is on the wall, as many people have said, including Gabe DeArmond over at Power Mizzou, that it's basically a matter of time before it seems like Ryan Wingo is going to be a part of the 2024 Missouri class. So I had mentioned, despite a heartbreaking loss to LSU, I really thought that weekend could be a win for Missouri off the field. Well, it seems like I may have been Onto something with that one. A lot of mis- lot of recruiting momentum going Missouri's way here. Obviously, this season, other than that, that loss to LSU has gone as well as anybody could have possibly expected so far. So, indeed, Ryan Wingo, a five-star wide receiver, a kid who's six foot one, so solid size to go along with plenty of speed. As well, you know what? I'm going to talk to Brian Smith for all you everydayers on Wednesday. He's our recruiting analyst here at Locked On. Been a few weeks since I've talked to Brian. No better time to do it than right now. And back to the actual college football being played in 2023 because, well, Missouri obviously has everything in the world to play for the rest of this season. Technically, they control their own destiny to the SEC East title an SEC title, it's all out there. The college football playoff, I can't imagine a world where a one-loss SEC champ doesn't get into the college football playoff. I suppose anything is possible, but man, that would be heartbreaking, huh? But again, let's not put the cart way ahead of the horse here, although I do find it a little amusing. I've seen a lot of people saying online, a lot of Missouri fans saying, hey guys, let's not look past South Carolina to the Georgia game. And if you're in the Missouri locker room, if you're a Missouri coach, hey, fair enough. Absolutely. Let's not look past South Carolina. But I'm just a fan, folks. I'm just a guy with a microphone. I can look at the schedule and talk about whatever the heck I want. I promise you, Brady Cook and 
Theo Weiss and Luther Burden and Luke Bauer and and Speedy Johnson are going to have a heck of a lot more of an impact on the game than I am. In fact, they're going to have a direct impact and I'm going to have zero. So let's make that really clear. But if we are going to look ahead to Georgia, some pretty big breaking news here. You may have noticed that Georgia's all-world tight end guy who's actually a Heisman Trophy candidate at that position, Brock Bowers, well, it's just been announced he's going to have tightrope surgery on a high ankle sprain that's sort of become the new procedure to stabilize that ankle, quicken the recovery process. He's expected to miss four to six weeks. So that means he's almost certainly not going to play against Missouri. Hey, that's a big deal. He's a huge part of their offense for sure. If anything, well, that might mean more targets are going to be heading to former Tiger Dominic Lovett's way. But again, let's talk more about South Carolina, who is a seven and a half point underdog over at FanDuel Sportsbook. Their defense has really left a lot to be desired here. Over the last couple weeks, they blew a two-possession lead there in the fourth quarter to the Florida Gators. So obviously things trending a lot better in Missouri's direction than it is for South Carolina. I would just worry that that South Carolina team going to be a little bit of a wounded animal looking for a victory. So obviously I, I'm with everybody in 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 the spirit of we shouldn't just write down the South Carolina game as a victory at this point. Couldn't agree more there. They certainly are not lacking for talent. Spencer Rattler's a guy certainly up and down, but at the same time, he can beat you as well. Plenty of talent with the arm and legs there. Former, what, number one overall recruit in the country, I believe, at one point or another. So I agree with you that you can't look past South Carolina if you're in the locker room. But at the same time, hey, we can think about Georgia a little bit. I'll at least share you the Brock Bowers news. Now, typically, I don't tweet during Missouri football games, but when they're on the road, I actually have a decent internet connection in my home, all that good stuff. Maybe I'll throw out a few tweets now and again. But one of the reasons I don't tweet a lot live is because, well, the emotions can get the best of you from both sides, by me, the writer, and the reader as well. I think some people took a couple of my tweets the wrong way. 99% of you got it. One person didn't get what I was saying when I said, how are we winning? How? In other words, when Missouri was up at halftime, it just felt like the game could not have started off worse, of course, and suddenly, obviously, the, the fake punt play by Luke Bauer to Marquise Johnson changed all the momentum in the world around. That's pretty clear to anybody who watched that game. But what I what the person thought, oh, you're just giving up on the team. I wasn't giving up on the team. I was just pointing out how unlikely that seemed about 30 minutes ago. That's the point I was trying to make there. And also, I also made a point that why is Johnny Walker, the Missouri defensive end, why is he ever in coverage at this point? Again, Missouri with Walker, they had they had him in coverage on a on a running back and just it really wasn't close. I just didn't think he had a prayer in coverage there. We've seen this a few times against Memphis as well. And I think Johnny Walker's a really good pass rusher. I really wasn't trying to criticize him whatsoever. I was really criticizing Blake Baker and just the plan there defensively. Let him do what he does well, rush the passer. All this dropping into a zone blitz coverage for him, I just don't think that's the best use of his talents. Now, obviously, a better use of his talents 
this week in general since he didn't get kicked out of the game, right? Johnny Walker obviously lost his head a little bit against LSU. It seemed like he was getting his leg twisted under a pile by one of the LSU players perhaps at one point. Still, spitting on a guy, getting yourself kicked out of the game, there's no real excuse for that. But fortunately, this week, I thought Missouri, including Johnny Walker, did a much better job of keeping their heads. Obviously, the penalties, well, Missouri wasn't perfect in penalties. It's hard to play an entire football game and not have a single penalty. That's not really realistic. But at the same time, I believe just six penalties for Missouri compared to at least 11 I saw in the fourth quarter for well over 100 yards for Kentucky. That game definitely got chippy, and I thought Missouri did a much better job of not taking the bait from Kentucky. They were the superior team in that ball game for the last three quarters, far and away, and I thought it was great to see them just keep their head and go about grabbing that game by the neck and and just taking it from them. I I just thought that was a, a professional type of effort by Eli Drinkwitz and his squad. And today is apparently local media day for the Missouri basketball team. And while the projections are out now, and some of them, including Ken Palm's own projections, have the Tigers being projected to be about as good as they were last year, well, I do want to caution some people on adjusting the expectations for Missouri this coming season. I don't think you're going to be disappointed I just want us to have realistic expectations so we make sure that we're happy. Always an important thing there. But you know what? Speaking of expectations, if you're expecting to get into the Missouri-South Carolina game for homecoming, you'd probably better act quickly. doesn't sound like very many tickets are available. But hey, if you want more of a selection and you've waited till the last second, you got to check out the Game Time app. Because when you're looking for last-minute tickets, sometimes that experience can be rather frustrating. Well, it doesn't have to be when you use the Game Time app. Go right now. Just search for Missouri. You'll find Missouri-South Carolina immediately. The lowest prices to get in, the best tickets, the all-in price. You can organize it exactly how you want. So take the guesswork out of buying tickets with Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code Locked On College for twenty dollars off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem code L O C K E D O N C O L L G E for $20 off. Download game time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. And by prize picks, the easiest and most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. It's just you against the numbers. It's really, really simple to play. I can make my picks and submit my entry in less than 60 seconds and with quick withdrawals easy gameplay and an enormous selection of players and stat types are what make prize picks the number one daily of fantasy sports app. And my thing is who needs to figure out who I'm playing against? Like that's a big part of a lot of other DFS competitors. Who are your competitors? Who are you playing against? Well, I just want to play against the actual stats and the numbers. So that's what we're going to go with over at Prize Picks. So go to prizepicks.com slash locked on college and use code locked on college for a first deposit match up to $100. That's prizepicks.com slash locked on college with code 
Locked On College for a first deposit match up to $100. That's Prize Picks Daily Fantasy Sports Made Easy. Now, I don't think a lot of people this time last year had Missouri and Dennis Gates going 25 and 10 in his first season at the helm. In fact, I don't think Dennis Gates would have had Dennis Gates winning 25 games in his first year. I think that's evidenced by the non-conference schedule last year, particularly in the month of November. Well, this season, Missouri has ratcheted up the difficulty of that non-conference schedule quite a bit. So I do want to caution people that just because, let's say Missouri wins 21 or 22 games this year, makes the NCAA tournament, well, in fact, that would actually probably be about as good as Missouri was last season with the same schedule. So I just want people to adjust their expectations a little bit. Don't get completely focused on that total number of 25 wins from last season and act like that's the baseline for success. In fact, Missouri could win fewer games than that and actually have a better team. If you look at the Ken Palm projections, well, at the end of the year, Ken Palm had Missouri as the 57th best team in the country, obviously not as good as their NCAA tournament seed ended up. We can argue whether that's a fair assessment or not, but actually at the beginning of the year, that's about where Ken Palm had Missouri to begin with. So actually their projections, despite Missouri having tons of transfers and no ability to project that Kobe Brown would be a 40% three-point shooter, for instance, despite all of that, well, Ken Palm was pretty accurate with where Missouri ultimately ended up. So the fact that Missouri is about 55th, so two spots higher than when they where they finished last year, 55th in the projections here, that's probably a pretty fair number. I think Missouri can certainly end up better than that. When you go from, say, 25 to 55, for instance, in the rankings, I don't think there's a gigantic difference whatsoever in, in the quality of those particular teams. I think at the very, very tippy top of the standings, you can get a real talent gap to some extent. But these days, I think parity is sort of the name of the game in college basketball, particularly in a world where you have so much of an ability to bring in high-quality, high-impact transfers in the portal, just like Missouri's doing this year with Connor Vanover, among others, just like they did last year with Demoy Hodge, DeAndre Golston, Trey Gomillion, and all those guys. So I just think at this point, I think the projections are about as good as they can be. At the same time, there's a lot of wiggle room between, again, the 55th best team, the 20th to 25th best team. I think Missouri could easily fall in anywhere in that range. And speaking of looking ahead, we talked a lot about that in the first segment with Missouri and its games against South Carolina and Georgia here the next couple weeks. Well, it's almost hard not to look ahead a little bit if you're a Missouri basketball fan. For as excited as I am about this season, boy, it's quite possible there's even more excitement to be had in the future. I think at this point, I think Missouri is basically waiting on Jaden Quaintance, the five-star player who reclassified originally in the 2025 class, now in the 24 class. Seems like it's either going to be Quaintance going to Missouri, Kentucky, 
or perhaps the G League as well. The good news with Quaintance is, if you're a Missouri fan, Missouri sounds like they're in great shape with him. And because he reclassified, he's actually going to have to play two years before he gets to the NBA. So presumably, you'd have him in Columbia for a couple seasons. A guy who's just a really interesting prospect, probably 6'9", 6'10", and just moves very, very well for his size. Definitely a multi-talented type of player there. Again, I think if Missouri doesn't get acquaintance, let's say he, he goes elsewhere, that could be it for Missouri in terms of high school guys. I think you could see them just stand pat and maybe pick somebody in the portal the following offseason because if you look at it right now, there was a kid, Chase McCarty, the 59th player in the 24 class. I mean, 59th, is that's very, very high level. If we'd have had a guy who was the 59th best player in, in the country signed with Missouri, that would have been uh, absolutely among the best players we've signed in 10 years or so. Well, it sounds like that kid who Missouri was in his final six, he came out with the final five, Missouri wasn't a part of it. It really sounds like he just wasn't a take, as they say in recruiting for Missouri. In other words, hey, we like you, but we don't love you enough to put a ring on your finger yet. That's kind of what that means in the recruiting game. So if Missouri is passing on kids that are top 60 type of players, type 100 type of players, that shows how selective Dennis Gates and his staff can be right now and just how th- how far things have come in terms of recruiting. And coming up, I want to I want to address Marquise Johnson's just absolutely ridiculous statistical output so far this season, making prime Randy Moss jealous on a per catch and per target basis. No doubt about that. And let's also address the horse collar in the pocket. Yes, another unknown rule comes out of the woodwork again for a Missouri and Kentucky game. Had to laugh at that one. But you know what? First, I do want to tell you about athletic brewing because now is time for the game changer of the week brought to you by athletic brewing. And I really thought healthy Darius Robinson this week was quite the game changer. Now, plenty of great performances by Missouri this week, but just to have Darius Robinson looking 100% healthy, or at least close to it, I thought made all the difference in the world for the Missouri defense. But also, Athletic Brewing Company has completely changed the non-alcoholic beer game. They make non-alcoholic beers that actually taste good. So they're changing the game just like Darius Robinson And they brew over 50 styles of craft, non-alcoholic beer, including IPAs, Goldens, Sours, and more. They're fit for all time, so you can drink them anytime, anywhere, and make any activity even more enjoyable. So you can find Athletic Brewing Company's non-alcoholic brews at a store near you or buy online at athleticbrewing.com. First-time customers can use code LOCKEDON to get 15% off your first online order. That's code L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N at checkout for 15% off at athleticbrewing.com. Near beer, exclusions and conditions apply. Athletic Brewing Company fit for all times. I've asked this question on the show before, but I I feel like it's time to ask it 
again. I saw some bowl projections that have Missouri going to the Music City Bowl right now in Nashville. I remember years ago, I was down in Nashville while the Music City Bowl was happening, saw some fans walking around and thinking, you know, that'd be a fun one to go to some year. So I thought, ooh, the Music City Bowl, that'd be a good payoff for this season. But then my excited my excitement went down a little bit when I remembered, oh yeah, nobody cares about bowl games anymore. So it did get me thinking, if you're a Missouri fan, if you're the Missouri program, how big does the bowl game have to be for us to care, for the Missouri team to actually put out a 100% effort with a 100% roster that you would put out there for a college football playoff game, for instance, how big does the game have to be for us to get to that point? Is it just college football playoff or bust? Does the Orange Bowl still do it? What's what's the what's the baseline here? Because I'm not sure that the Music City Bowl is it, unfortunately, and that makes me a little bit sad, to be honest with you. But you know what will cheer me up almost immediately is looking at Marquise Johnson's stat line for the season. Marquise with nine catches for 268 yards and three touchdowns on, I believe, just 10 targets, by the way. So you want to talk about efficiency. I've made the joke a few times about how when quarterbacks target Chris Abrams' drain, well, suddenly they have a quarterback that would look like mine after about three IPAs or something like that. Well, let's make the opposite joke when quarterbacks, including Luke Bauer, the new punter for Missouri, well, suddenly now Luke Bauer looks like Patrick Mahomes if he, you know, t- if he ate the egg from The Watchmen. You guys know what I'm talking about. The HBO miniseries, The Watchmen. Basically, Dr. Manhattan puts all of his powers into an egg. And well, if, if Luke Bauer ate the egg, well, I think that's who he would be when he throws to Marquise Johnson. That's how good that guy's been so far. Now, obviously, he's not going to average 30 yards a catch for his entire career. That, that number's going to come back to earth at some point. But this isn't luck, by the way. This isn't just some fast guy that we've ran a couple trick plays with. Marquise Johnson is very much a real wide receiver. You can just tell by the way he tracks the ball and makes a fairly contested catch and maybe a little bit of drizzle down in Lexington too, a pressure play. He has shown no signs of being nervous when that ball is 50 yards in the air whatsoever. What a fun player he's been to watch so far. And if anything, I think as he matures, as as his game gets more polished, he learns the ins and outs. Of, of route running and the offense and all that good stuff. I think there's only better times ahead, really, for Marquise Johnson. Again, he's not going to average 30 a catch his entire career, but I just think as a he'll be an even more complete wide receiver as time goes along, and I can't wait to watch it. And thankfully, while last year's Kentucky game, obviously the bizarre, hey, the punter's still in the box, tackle box type thing, where, you know, I don't have to explain it to you again, right? Missouri roughs the punter despite the snap being 15 yards over his head, yada, yada, yada. Well, another rule that I was not aware of is that, well, the quarterback, if he gets horse collar tackled inside the pocket, well, there is no horse tackle, horse collar tackle, excuse me, if the player is inside the pocket. Now, Again, it's not so much that I didn't know that that rule existed. Okay, there's there's new rules and interpretations that are put in every single year. 
I'm not the only one who wasn't aware of it, by the way, from what I could tell on the Missouri beat. So didn't feel bad about that one whatsoever. What was funny to me is why? Why is this rule? Why is this a thing? Why in the, this is the one time the quarterback does not get extra protection. In fact, gets less protection than any other ball carrier. That's pretty bizarre to me because, well, what if a running back is tackled in the pocket, essentially, like right after he gets the ball and is pulled down from behind? Well, he does, he's not any more he's, – he's just as vulnerable as the quarterback is in that moment. So I, I just don't really understand the rationale behind this rule whatsoever. It seems to me it's the one instance in modern football where the quarterback is not only offered the same protection, but he's off, actually offered less protection – than seemingly any other ball carrier. That's pretty bizarre to me, but I guess I'll just have to settle for the fact that Missouri won the game anyway, right? Well, anyway, thank you all so much for joining me once again here on Locked on Mizzou for you everydayers. As I said, we'll be talking to Brian Smith on Wednesday, probably be getting a show out for you on Tuesday as well. I know I missed last Tuesday. Don't think that'll be happening this week. I think we should be good to go tomorrow with another edition of Locked on Mizzou.